Each month, myself and other Irrational Passions members will play through a new game. Modern to retro, obscure to popular. Games we've played before and those we haven't. We'll be hitting checkpoints as we go and discussing our experiences. Play along with us and join in the discussion. This is Video Game Book Club. Welcome everybody back to Video Game Book Club. I am your host Scott and once again we return to the underwater city of Rapture. I'm once again joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Burgess. How's it going my friend? Gosh everybody, I just really love Bioshock 2. It's a full... I just really love Bioshock 2. It's a perfect port of a... (laughs) You know, it was a good bit. It was worth it for the bit. It was was a good bit. Oh, man. It's a good bit. You always get a good belly laugh out of me, Mike. You know? (laughs) I guess continue, Scott. I'm sorry. Uh, But yeah, how's it going, Mike? Great. I love Mike so much. <laughs> Alex, my friend, what's new? How are you doing? Uh, honestly, there's the fucking no way to top that. So just, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> what's up? Cool. <laughs> and the disembodied voice for this episode, Mr. Logan. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Uh, Mike's won the introduction, so completely there. Yeah. So a bit of a backstory. It, that was done on purpose because Mike and I both had issues during our playthrough, especially this segment of Bioshock 2. Where our game would just crash. It would just quit to the Windows desktop and we'd lose progress. Was it the same, like, kind of crash? Like, did it play out the same for both of you? Same, 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 played out the same. Very, pretty much almost the very same areas. I wonder if it's, I wonder if that's, like, the remaster port or if it's the original port. I don't know. Yeah, I played remaster. No, it was, it was annoying. Yeah, I feel you. It was annoying. But yes, we are finishing up the main story of Bioshock 2 with this week's checkpoint. This isn't the end of uh, the Bioshock 2 series of Book Club because, Nick, well, we still have one episode left. But yes, we let's give you a brief rundown of the events that happened in this checkpoint. So we make it to Fontaine Futures? Future Fontaine Futuristics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that place. Futuristics. You Can't find it's it. under control of Gil Alexander, or Alex the Great, who is one of the creators of Big Daddies, and he's gone mad from Lamb trying to put all the consciousness or memories of Rapture mm-hmm. into his head. It's close enough. Um, yeah. And he does this kind of cool thing where he, before he goes completely insane, he leaves you, not you specifically, but just whoever finds the messages, tips on how to kill him because you know he's going crazy which i thought was pretty cool um he's not insane I would yet at that point you ha- i hope you guys know when i become the collective consciousness of irrational passions and yeah. become a horrible deformed blob i'm gonna leave secret treasure notes for you guys to find to kill me finally and release Great. me from my mortal coil i look forward to it mike you'll be in the uh the diving suit yeah yeah logan yeah, that's a, you'll that's be in the uh, little sister dresses 
and I'll just be flying around in a little uh, drone. You know, nice. That's how we'll do Friendly that. drone. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I feel like Scott kind of gets the best bit there out of, uh, out of three of us, considering Mike is dead at the end of the game, and I'm possibly yeah. dead or evil at the end of the game. Well, so I it's just not. I just said Mike was in a suit. This is when we're going to take out Alex. I'm yeah, just yeah. Same. Play Mike's yeah. winning. Yeah. Um, let you know, I'm gonna horribly electrocute, electrocute you and your giant himself, Alex. <laughs> the minute you see us, uh, Scott <laughs> flying around, like I'm mm. gonna make sure you feel nothing but pain. Please no release. Pain in life and pain in death. If I'm That's like, the only way to go. I mean, you gotta as long as you call me Alex the Great, it'll be fine. <laughs> we could call you Alex the Great, Alex the Greatest. That's what we'll, we'll, we'll call oh, you. Cute. Greatness awaits, baby. Let's Pre blob. <laughs> that one was for you, Logan, and for your Oregon Trail piece. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you have to break these signal amplifiers, and so that you can access a door. Because of course, you're a big daddy with a giant drill arm. You can't bust down a door. Totally this impossible. Is some- this is some bio. I want you to know, Scott, because I know you have problems with this. This is like some Bioshock One shit right here. This is like bread and butter half of Bioshock. This 1. is just the the time, the period yeah. of games. Um, yeah, but it's weird because I feel like I don't know. Like I had way less. Like this to me has been a lot of stuff started like really clicking together, and it's like. When Alex is like, this is like bread and butter Bioshock 1, is like, yeah, because like it is just like exploring that environment, like learning, like fun and futuristics is like maybe the coolest location in the game. It's certainly in the run-in. So it's like, I just love like exploring that location, like getting the like backstory, getting the audio tips, getting everything in there, like seeing, getting to seeing like mm-hmm. Fontaine's like off is such a cool like moment if you'd played the first Bioshock game and everything. And so it's like, yeah, it was I, like, just I'm, really, really I rad. have no, I, I love the story, and I'll get into this later. No, like, like, but like, but I'm saying, like, I think, and th- th- like to me, like this facilitated that in a really good way. Like, I didn't have an issue with like go snap the four whatever bonds and like do all that stuff. And I was like, this is fine. Like, I'm with I'm with you, Logan. Like, ultimately, I think I wish there was like much like most of Bioshock One. I just wish the actual objective was stronger or a little bit more interesting. Yes, but it yes. is a good vehicle to bring you to little nooks and crannies of that world. And there's like, some good nooks and crannies. Yes, like, I think, ultimately, I'd rather do break the four, whatever the hell it is, things, than do get, like, four little sisters from Big Daddy's thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Because the issue with that is that those, like, I put it in, like, Slack one of the days, but it's like, those are just unforgivably, like, punishing. Because you just have to do it, like, like if you, like, try to get all of them, like, I eventually, like, it, the game eventually broke me. Like, I, I did not end up getting all the sisters. Like, I missed one in, like, I think the last two locations. Which is like, I just can't, like, it's just, this, this is not enjoyable. Yeah, um, that's what, and, what I had last week. Last yeah, week. and it, just, like, it absolutely, like, snapped me. It was just like, man, because it's just like, it's such a kick in the balls. Which is like, man, like, to get a big, get a little sister. So you have to fight a big daddy, which is going to knock you around a little bit. And then do all these gatherings, which just get, like, progressively, like, more and more insane. And then a big sister happens the minute you get, like, enough of them, whatever. It's just like, man, this is not it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just not it. And, like, it was such a, like, a cool moment. And, like, because the game, like, steadily adds, like, more big daddies in each area, too. So, like, when we get to jump ahead a little bit, like, when we got to Persephone and there were no big daddies, like, when it hit, like, the start menu, it was like, yo, like, and Persephone was so much fun to explore because I don't have to worry about like any of that shit. It's just, like cool. There's yeah, not gonna be a big sister. Yeah. There's not gonna be a big. I could just like explore everything I want to and like peace and like have it be fun, right? And it's like like I said before, where it's like Bioshock One had the same kind of situation of like 
Big Daddy's Little Sisters, but it was basically just like you fought the Big Daddy and it was over. There was no like mm-hmm. then get like it was just like way simpler and like way more like refined and like done better. Um, yeah, but that was yeah. all a tangent. <laughs> but yes, we will go more into those things because all very good points, and I definitely have things I'd like to add to that as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll yeah. jump on that when we get to the soapbox portion. But we have to get the amplifier, take out the signal mm-hmm. amplifiers so we can use the recording of the password to mm-hmm. open a door to get the access to the plasma plasmid lab. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we go to the plasmid lab and we have to turn on two breakers so we can light the factory. And from there, we have to go on another collectathon to, to grab four flowers that are like infused with atom that the atom mm-hmm. slugs eat so we can lure crazy giant gill monster to give us his genetic key so we could find and access lamb's secret lair and from there we go down into lamb's lair we find lamb and eleanor and lamb because lamb knows about the bond between eleanor and the big daddy she like smothers eleanor briefly with a pillow to basically knock you out you wake up kind of all strapped to a bed and Eleanor sends a little sister to inject you with a special plasmid or something. So then you can take control of a little sister and do like this stealthy like section and get pieces of a big sister outfit to then take to Eleanor. So then Eleanor can free you. And then it's the two of you escaping uh, to, uh, to safety. But, Unfortunately, things don't go quite that swimmingly, um, even though it's underwater, because Lamb has uh, rigged a bunch of bombs and uh, has turned Sinclair, who got captured trying to rescue you, into a big daddy. And uh, it turns out that Sinclair actually sold out Delta before he was a big daddy, um, because that's kind of what he did at his, what was it, a casino that Sinclair had? Or like a hotel? Uh, I think it was the hotel, right? No, the hotel was Grace's. Uh, casino might be right. Sinclair had a hotel as well, though. Okay. Yeah. Sinclair deluxes something in one of the areas. Okay. But basically, Sinclair previously would give Alexander Gilbert, like the plasmid scientist, test subjects to try plasmids on. And he sold out and kind of gave whoever you were um, prior to uh, Lamb and uh, Alex to be turned into a big daddy. So you have to kill Sinclair so you can get the co- the key to um, escape. Um, but unfortunately, like I said, Lamb sabotages the lifeboats and you have to get a bunch of Adam so Eleanor can like boil the water in the ballast so you guys can escape. Um, so you head to the pediatric ward to absorb some little sisters and you have to fend off a wave of enemies as Eleanor then boils the water once she has enough Adam. And, but unfortunately a stack of TNT right before the lifeboat explodes. It's a good moment. I forgot about that. It It was was pretty cool. It was a great moment. It was was really pretty sweet. Um, so you get knocked back but still managed to grab the railing of the lifeboat and it starts ascending and Eleanor's inside the life raft with lamb, but it's filling with water. And I have to say, this was a pretty badass moment when Eleanor holds lamb under the water. No, oh. again, I stipulated only in the bad. dock. It's only for bad. That's only, yeah, the, she, that's not, that's the yeah. bad ending. 
Yeah, so there's good and bad endings. Oh. Yeah, there, there were, I think there are like six possible endings in this game, and this is one of them where it's like if you basically have been like mm-hmm. not the best role model for Eleanor, she'll do something like this. Um, well, she'll yeah. kill them because mine, she gave Lamb like little like little breather, breather thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, saved her. Um, yeah, and and she it's cool because there's mm-hmm. a good monologue about like yes, uh, forgiveness and being taught mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yes, I will say like the whole I, what I like, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more later. Yeah, I we're gonna do a lot about this final scene for sure. <laughs> intro, yeah, introduce the like I, I appreciate the Witcher three ness of this game before the Witcher three. I know not everyone here has finished The Witcher 3. Never um, even played a second of it. But there, there is, like, some aspects of being a role model will affect mm-hmm. how the outcome of that game, which is one of my favorite parts about it, um, and how you are a role model will, will kind of affect that. Um, and I, I appreciated this this game's kind of effort at that. I don't think it works all the way, but uh, I like I like the monologue generally. Um, mm-hmm. I think the ending overall, I, I have a little bit more problems with, but uh, it's a cool moment. I, I think it's a cool differentiator. Um, but that is, that's the end. Unless you had yeah. anything else, Scott, because so I, yeah, I have that, a point of order thing. I have also something, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then roll credits. But before we get to the soapbox, I do want to remind people we are starting with Mike this week because he didn't get to say much last time. So we are starting with Mike's, but yeah, Alex, some, Logan, get some. Do your chatty, quick chatty Nancy's over <laughs> My, here. Mine's qu- mine's quick. Um, um, so I mean, I guess if we're starting with me, I get to be the Debbie Downer of the episode. Can I can I just ask a quick question? That my point of order question. When you leave Gil's little thing, that's what I was gonna ask as well. Um, it gives you the option to like shock him or something, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm, can kill yeah. him or not kill him, basically. Yeah. Okay. Did not happen in my game. Uh, there was no button to press to kill him. I just had to leave. So, so interesting. I thought this is the same thing at first too. There's something you have to, like. I almost missed it too. There's something you have to like grab basically that's nearby yeah. to then like do it basically. So it's not just like immediately available. We have to grab something, then insert into the console, then hit a button. Okay, because like I didn't so I almost missed it yeah. too. Because like I, I what am I missing something in here? And then the uh, yeah, I think you're I think right. Because I vocal, did take him out. The vocal prompt. I remember I. I did in my original playthrough years and years ago. Again, that that literally that part in Gil's story is like all I remember from Bioshock 2. Um, but I think I might have broke the sequence of the game because the dialogue that plays where he's like, um, kill me, blah, 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 it got like cut off right at the end and it didn't finish. And I was like looking around for about 25 minutes trying to figure out how to kill this dude in this tank. Uh, and I hmm. did not find Maybe it. Maybe it did glitch out then. <laughs> Maybe. So this, I mean, maybe it's an interesting one for me to do that briefly. Yeah, because again, I almost did. I because I I knew this is a big moment for me because like in the original game, um, this is the only like quote unquote like bad decision I made mm-hmm. because I think because at the time and I still think it, the game definitely steers you in this direction. Like this is like the good decision is to kill him. That's what he's like very much telling you to do. Like you have to kind of be like I'm not gonna but, like, and so I made that. And that was like the one bad decision to keep me from like a perfect quote unquote ending. Um, but I still got like the good aim when I did it the first time, and this one I was like, oh, well, I know not to kill him now. But even so, I was like, man, I really still feel like he's leaning in the direction of like kill me, yeah, pretty, pretty clearly. But I was like, I won't do it this time just because mm-hmm. I want to see what's different. Also, which is like a statue has changed. But yeah, yeah th- that, that whole segment is really cool and really interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I was bummed out because I, I thought yeah. I broke it. I might have broken it. I think I have a save state from there, so maybe I'll I'll find it. Uh, that was Great, that Mike. was all I had. Yeah. Mike. Mike, take it away. Great. Um. So yeah. I think I don't know. I've obviously we talked about our crashes and the whole bit and mm. like. Like I can't I can't say that was not like a bummer because there were definitely large swaths of that game that I had to completely replay specifically like the Fontaine stuff where I had to go take out those four things I had to do I had to do that entirely twice and like then like a good half of it again a second time so yeah, it was I've definitely been, I've been there like, man I know that definitely feeling. just like all right this this, this sucks like and I I please just let me keep talking because I'm I'm gonna say ultimately like. Uh, even without that, I still like did not like a lot of stuff that was towards the end of this game. Um, I think from a story perspective, that's what we're mostly have already been talking about. Like a lot of it's fine because because uh, a lot of it, especially I was, is obviously from an era of video games where it's like you know be be the good guy or be the dick. Like it's like <laughs> almost like yes. every video game of this era like had this motif about it um, and like decision like it had player player choice. And it's like you kind of have like the two choices and infamous. Yeah. Yeah. Or Mass Effect and just a whole bunch of there's, there's plenty of games with that. And that's that's all fine. I, I get it. But I think like I can't look past even with like some of that stuff being like good to OK to like good. Like I can't look past like a lot of the just kind of gameplay stuff that was just kind of became boring in this sections for me. Of like not even just having to go defeat these four things like that. I think that was fine because again, it's like a pretty open area. I'm still kind of doing the stuff I was doing in the last section to where I, like, even though it wasn't necessarily like defending little sisters and the bodies and stuff, I still like being able to like prep a room and like set up traps and do all this like elaborate kind of work to like make Balth more interesting. And I and I think like setting up all that stuff is a lot of fun and like having all those tools at my disposal at the same time is really cool and interesting. Where I feel like in this later part of the game, a lot of that is just kind of like sort of thrown out the window almost like in like some of these later parts where like they're just kind of rushing you down. It, I felt like I was kind of being rushed down a, like a linear path. Yeah. Once I once I got into once I got past uh, the futuristics area and it was like the the Gil Anderson area. And I had to go collect collect these four things, and like that area felt a lot more like constricted and like kind of smaller. Like you're going down a lot more like narrow paths, and then as soon as you get to a place where you're have to get a thing, it just like throws you immediately into a fight instead of like having you like be able to set up and use all these tools that the game gave me. And then the same with that part after it, like seeing the whole scene where you're seeing all of your choices and the statue forms and the little sister. I completely forgot about that part, but it was cool to see like, it's a neat, it's a neat effect and like how it transit, how you like see it from her perspective mm -hmm. or things like all white and drapes and like flower petals everywhere. And it's all pretty, but then occasionally you'll get to a point and it'll flash back and it'll show like some horribly messed up dude. It was a cool, it was a cool like scene and showing that perspective finally. Um, yeah. But I, but I think just after that part and like the whole final scene where you're like saving the little sisters and you're just kind of being thrown in these like it would feel like like monster closet rooms where you can't where you you're kind of just have to gun everything down. You can't use like I feel like I'm just kind of just like oh I 
there's like so many dudes running at me all at once i have to shock him with a lightning bolt to stun him and then just dump like a machine gun into him like i couldn't like i've never felt like i had time to prepare like traps and other stuff like i did before and it just kind of felt not great and kind of just became like a mindless thing of like all right well they're not letting me kind of do what they like the cool stuff in this game anymore so Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna like mindlessly follow this arrow till i get to the end and so what there definitely was was a lot lot of of waves of enemies in this last part yeah there's a lot of dudes uh, just yeah. a lot of folks. I feel like I killed half a rapture by the end of the, like, yeah. like the last chunk. Which like and they just, to be they fair, just like th- you know, yeah. I I've, they they'd already kind of established that is like this is way more an action game. What yeah, I, like sure. I'm, at, I'm with you Mike cuz I think like right when you start get, getting into that comfortable routine of of getting the little sisters and doing the the gatherings and 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 doing all that, which to be fair, overstays is welcome, I think like on, yeah. on a whole, I think like the combat in Bioshock Two is fun enough to justify it, but um, I think there's just there's a lot like maybe two little six sisters per section at the end mm-hmm. instead of four. Yeah, would have been yeah. And I mean, and I mean, like I said in the previous episode, like I wasn't even going after every single little sister. Like I would just get, I would get the one that I would see on my way and just kind of keep going. So like I didn't have a lot of that. But even so, like I felt like. When I when they would set up fights for me, they would give me opportunities to like be like, all right, I can set up a bunch of rivets here on the wall. I can set up like a wind trap. I can set up like traps and do these things. I can run up and like hack all this stuff. And like they get like like there was clear like sections earlier in the earlier in this game where like they were like deliberate opportunities to like use all the tools in an environment to like aid you in combat and like make it more interesting. Where it's like, oh, I don't have to just like gun all these dudes down. I can hack this turret and like lure a dude into it or i can lure a dude into this like pool of water or do this and like throughout this whole end game it just kind of felt like i was like you know running through running through like a hallway and just like mass murdering and like i and i like obviously i'm like using some different plasmids but like i'm i I feel like there's less opportunities for like the environmental tools that they've been using this whole game and like hacking stuff and using all this other stuff and i just felt like it just kind of brought down a lot of the ending pl- ending in terms of the gameplay for me that's and- that's fair like i think of that to go off what you're saying like that room where you fight the two big sisters right mm-hmm. is like just kind of like a flat room and yeah. it, mm-hmm. it is it is the room where i think like would have been the most interesting to set up a lot of stuff yeah, uh, yeah exactly and they like don't really give you like yeah. obviously for like like somewhat of a story reason they kind of are like supposed to be like oh this is it for you you're being ambushed here and like they don't, but they they never like. I felt like an earlier section in a game, like you can you you know you're going into a room and like stuff's gonna happen. And you can set up for it. But I feel like a lot of these scenes later on like never give you that opportunity, especially like specifically like that one and like the big the big final area where you know you're waiting for her to like heat up the thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're just kind of being constantly bombarded by dudes during that whole scene, and it's just like how I don't have time to like set up all the stuff and. You know, there it's not really like, and there isn't really like one particular way they're coming from. So I don't know like where I can set this up or that up or what, if it'll even matter. Mm-hmm. So like, what's mm-hmm. the point of even setting all this stuff up now and all these tools you gave me? Like, what are the point of them now at this point? I can just, you know, dump dump my ridiculous Tesla shotgun into dudes or, you know, just like dump because I at that point like I I I also had like an opposite reaction with a lot of the combat. Like Logan was saying, like it was kind of difficult and. 
like punishing like i didn't feel it at all like i i cruised through oh, a lot dude, of this I, stuff i was a god in this world buddy. yeah like i i was cruising through a lot of these fights and scenarios mm. i i did some min maxing i'll be honest i'd like i mean i i didn't i don't really feel like i did i like i was definitely like upgrading my guns when i saw upgrade points mm-hmm. and i definitely like when i got to like ammo machines and like i would hack them and like discount the prices and do all mm-hmm. that stuff but yeah I, I did felt, um, like fully stocked for most of that game, and I laid out like all of the uh, the tonics, and I was like, "How do I just become <laughs> G- like the Lord Incarnate? How do I yeah. become unstoppable?" Uh, and I decided to go with hacking, and it it, it set it up yeah. so the way like if you Hacking's really good, it's really good. I like honestly, I think the hacking improvement of the first one and like how s- snappy it is feels really yeah. good. Um, but like I got it so if you land on the blue one it immediately ends hacking and also everything is wider all success ranges are wider and all negative Mm -hmm, ranges are lower and then like two layers of like the slow down the needle so every time and then I immediately won (laughs) it was great yeah and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about though of like I feel like in these earlier parts like there was a lot more opportunities to use that stuff Mm-hmm. And in these la- later sections, like there was a lot less of, like some of the environment, environmental like hazards, hazards, and like things you can set up to like lure people into that, yeah. and like it just kind of was like, oh, this is kind of a bummer now. A lot less mm-hmm. turrets than Bioshock One, though, which I do appreciate honestly. At the end of this, sure. <laughs> what I would say to that for the final scene, like at least, is that um, that like that final fight doesn't start kind of kind of cutscene then fight doesn't start until you go to the window to see her and so i think in the game's defense you could have used like there's there's a possibility to use that time before you get to then later and a bunch of traps and stuff there right and like i like i was like my initial assumption was like cool i'll talk to her she'll be like they'll be here in a minute get that yeah. kind of thing that doesn't happen, but the game does give you the opportunity. Like the game doesn't have that fight start until you do an action, right? It's like you could theoretically, mm. like bombard that room and everything, and get like a bunch of shit there. And like even with the like ten seconds you get from like when she says "shit, they're here" to like when they kind of get here, I threw mm-hmm. down. I tried to basically just throw it on every single mini turret and every single proximity mine I had on like that bottom floor, and then I ran upstairs and throwed threw down like two more proximity minds it was like cool let's go kind of thing right and like for me like i, I guess it's like a like a point counterpoint like discussion here like this is the this is the part of the game that i most enjoyed playing um for for ironic enough like a lot of like the reasons you didn't like it, where it's like i like the fact that like a lot of the combat felt much more just like sudden and, like it just kind of happened like it came out of nowhere right that i didn't like have time to kind of throw down shit and like do all this stuff. it was like no just it's coming at you all at once and, like it's just kind of sudden and like this area both fontaine futuristics and persephone kind of felt the most like bioshock one in terms of like the atmosphere like you were going like all of like dark tunnels and like darkened rooms and like the prison section i thought was really cool like all the cells and how they kind of flickered on and off and like mm-hmm. blasted at walls like i thought that was yeah. all really cool and neat and like i think i really dug that vibe and like the like monster closet rooms for like the two for like the pediatric ward in the infirmary and the pediatric ward in uh, the therapy section. I liked both. I mean, I thought they were both like fun or fine. Um, for me, it was like that thing of like the minute 
we like maybe walk into like that one section of inner persephone where it has like the three branch and path you can take and like straight ahead is like the life raft i was like this is the end of the game like i remember this scene being like a final bullshit fight and knowing that i'm ahead i was like cool i'm going to plan ahead where like i just have gear like i have shit so like i was using all of my weakest weapons and a lot of these places being like i don't care this is because like i know what i'm going to right and i also feel like the game gave you a shit ton give you of, so much stuff they gave yeah. you so much mm-hmm. stuff in each one of those three areas and i kept being like man like it was like the first time in the game where like i felt like i'm getting like way more than i need and like it's cool but like it's like i was like max med kits and max eve and max like a lot of like max, like i had like shotgun and max max out and, like i had like meat guns not max because i was using them but i was like I'm getting so much up. I'm ready for it. And then the irony of that being, like, when I got to that final room, like, for the final fight, I was still just like, man, I'm flying through med kids because there's, like, a shit ton of guys who are huge. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, I like the fact that this part of the game, like, it, for, I guess for better or worse, clearly, it felt different gameplay-wise than the rest of the game. And I liked the fact that it was, like, a kind of a sudden shift and change in, like, tone and feel both faulty futuristics and persephone right like for me i dug that that it was like it was really different right like i talked to scott before either one of you hopped on the call um before we should record it and the thing i mentioned is that like this is kind of the part of the game where like i really like really kind of think sunk into the game like really fell in the game um and i could told scott like i enjoyed playing bioshock 2 this past like week more than like i've enjoyed a video game in a while because i guess i I just got to like play the video game for like hours and hours and hours on wednesday like i just played it for like five hours on wednesday and just like sat down just like actually like enjoyed this game for like the first time um and i did that and like i did i had a little bit of like left at like dionysus park and then like font and like dive into the rest of the stuff into like into persephone and it's like, man, this is rad. Like, A, it's just cool to play v- video games are neat. Like, I haven't played a video game like this in a while. But, like, B, like, this is cool. Like, it feels different than the rest of the game. Like, I kept saying, like, the game clicks at a certain point in time. The game clicks at a certain point in time. The game clicks at a certain point in time. And, like, it finally happened. And I was like, yes, like, I didn't remember that wrong. Like, it is really cool. Like, it does just feel, I think, different gameplay-wise um, and, like, mechanically. And I really dug that. I really enjoyed that. And I think part of that is kind of the disappearance of a lot of the like big sister like big daddy stuff that plugged the game early on and also the fact that like it's still there in Fontaine Futuristics but like in a way that felt much more natural in a way that felt much better right because like I think I think Scott said it that like Fontaine Futuristics is like a bit smaller um and like it feels a bit more kind of like closed off in some way it might have been Mike like it felt like a bit smaller yeah, closed too. off like not yeah. like well, I was talking more so about the the next parts, not Fonte. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, but like, like, like the Gill, the Gill area, or whatever. Yeah, that. and like the Gill area in particular that I'm thinking of, in like Fonte Futuristics, which is like the very bottom area, or I guess it's like yeah, the first section. I forget that the Gills area and, and Futuristics are separate because they're yeah. like on the same you, you like go through like a water. Yeah, like, the water. Um, but like it's I like I really like that because I think it like I think part of my issues earlier in the game that eventually like did kind of break me um for like the big daddies at least just like they were like so big and like these areas are so big and expensive like it's very kind of sprawling that it just be kind of it felt like unwieldy almost be like man i don't even want to like think about the idea of like 
chasing after these guys and then getting the little sister and like walking like multiple and just like nah that does not sound enjoyable at all and then like when you got to like the Gil Alexander area it was just there's a big daddy where the two gathers one's right here 10 feet away from you one's right here 15 feet away from you and it's done and it's like that's so nice it's all just like right here in this one spot i mean like you walk into like the next room and it's all right then you walk into, like next, and it's like man this makes it so much easier and like more digestible to just kind of do um and like each one is like kind of areas you go in and like gill's area felt like unique and distinct and like a really cool way and like i dug that um and it was all like so, it, like that to me was like the one area was like man everything in gill's area has a purpose like every square inch of that fucking space because it's not big is like perfect it's just like there for a reason it's not just like just a lot of space to have a lot of space it's just like this is all here for a reason and it was really cool and rad to kind of dive into that not to at least to say also the fact that, like there were a lot of cool um like story parts to that but like gameplay wise even like it just felt like it was different than the rest of the game and then obviously going into it persephone which is very different than the rest of the game um was also like super rad and cool i thought i wonder like i don't know about you scott i'm kind of like torn I, I like i feel what both of you are saying like i'm definitely well, with you mike I, I mean i was gonna ask logan definitely not as like not necessarily like as a slight but would you say that having liked this area more was it more so because of it reminded you of playing bioshock one or more so that it was like different or like because i feel like you're saying like the other areas the game parts before it and click with this area were considering i feel like that's where bioshock 2 did differentiate in terms of like what kind of stuff you're doing compared to like what you're doing in bioshock one where it's like it's a little bit more confined. So do you think like that's maybe why you enjoy this part more is because it kind of brought back like the idea of like oh yeah this is this is Bioshock. I think it's I think it's less that and more just like I think like I because Bioshock One has big areas. There, I mean there, a lot of the parts in it, Bioshock One are pretty big still I would say, but it's more like I think there was a focus to I again like I think a lot of the areas in Bioshock One like exist for a reason like in every part of like kind of every square inch of them like makes sense mm-hmm. and like what's kind of like building you towards in that individual area and like the kind of like the little like mini boss you'll find in each one and i feel like in a lot of them or at least some of them in bioshock 2 that felt more scattershot where like they, they became like almost like the, i didn't feel like i was being driven towards like a, a very like focal point thing um like narratively and like that world didn't help that right like like the one i think about is like man like grace is cool and i think we all kind of collectively talked about mm-hmm. grace being a cool one when we did that the first time but it's like i like stanley pools is cool like Stanley pool i think is cool and like dynasty park i actually really liked but it's like ryan's amusement is just like all right that was fine and like there are just like ones throughout this game which is like that was fine but like w- mm-hmm. like what is this thing still and then and, like the preacher guy one was like that was when we're like the world was cool like that area was really cool but like what like you know what I mean? like what is like what is this area like what is like the mm-hmm. point like why are we here really because like he's not really that cool but like that world is like the building and like the stake is neat right um and so i think i liked Dino i think i like not dinos uh fontaine futuristics and then like persephone and then inner persephone because like they all felt much more focused like they were like being driven towards something in like it was a good marriage, I think, of like narrative and gameplay kind of coming together um, that felt much more focused and refined than the other areas of the game, right? Like 
for me at least like one of the big takeaways when i like finished the game and like put down the controller was like man i just wish they had more time with this game yeah like, for I, sure. I wish mm-hmm. the turnaround didn't be so quick um because the dead space 2 vibes for real because i felt like <laughs> like because like we talked about i think i think it was the last episode i don't think it was the first one um where we were like man like the last episode last section we're going to do here is when i think a lot of the game kind of comes together um and i think that's true and i haven't played it and it feels like it's mostly like they finally got like their vision of what they wanted this game to be at least for me i think and i think a lot of stuff before that was like them very much like figuring out like just like throwing in worlds and like i thought i had on wednesday when i was playing bashing 2 for like a lot for like a lot of the day um, and then ended up like reading two different pieces that I gave shoutouts to on input this week um, by Lee Alexander about Bioshock One and Bioshock Infinite. Is that like Bioshock One? Every like I I think this is still true, even if beating the game. Every single like henchman, villain, guy, like mini boss you see in Bioshock One is better than anyone in Bioshock Two. They're all better than in Bioshock Two. I don't think a single even Gil Alexander or Grace is not as good as the worst one in Bioshock One. They're all better in Bioshock One. Having said that. I think guilt at least is one that kind of rises to bar and like that world at least rises to the bar, right? And like mm-hmm. I think it's one where like they were like, this is the one that like at least sort of like fit there really cool. And it's a really cool kind of sad and tragic and like and like messy um area. Um and like I just feel like if they had had even like not even like a crazy amount more time, like six months to like a year, I feel like it just like refined some of the ideas. Um, and they kind of like sand stuff down and like further kind of extrapolate on like what they were going for, right? And because like another one for me is like at the end of the day, and this is a question for Scott, like he can kind of chime in here. We're like at the end of the day, what is Sophia Lamb? What is that character? What is her plan? What is her ideology? Like what is what is who is she? Right? Like so, like I'll ask you guys personally. It's like obviously the newest to the game, but like what is Sophia Lamb? Like what is she even? What is that character? Yeah. What does she do? Yeah, where it's like, because like if I yeah. ask this question about like Andrew Ryan, they're very clear into like who that person is, like who that man is, what his idea. It's like in the first fucking thing you see of Rapture, you get an image like, all right, I have the, I literally got like the pitch, the elevator pitch on who this person is, mm-hmm. literally. And so it's like, who's the feeling after beating this game to playing it for 10, 15, whatever hours it was? Yeah. Right? Like, who is that, Scott? And it's like, I have no idea. Still, yeah, I've played it-, it twice now. I guess, like, what I, the bit I could pick up from Lamb was, like, her end goal was to somehow by using all the thoughts or memories of the citizens of Rapture, like, to basically create a Mm -hmm. hive mind, basically. Yes, She thought that by creating a hive mind, she would create the perfect person or society? Like... I, I appreciate that we got the like the end of the self is like the only yeah, way to that was the cool yeah. right and like there's some pretty good monologues in there mm-hmm. um you get those like as soon as sophia gets out of imprisonment and finds out ryan mm-hmm. is dead and stuff like that there's some good self-realizations i've never made clear on how she plans on yes. going about this you know what i mean like, yeah what like i get it you're you're dumping all this stuff into your daughter for whatever reason but I'm like, how is that? She can get superpowers from this. Like, yeah, we haven't, we haven't exactly established what that's going to do to Eleanor as a whole, mm-hmm. but also uh, how that's going to get you to your goal. Like, it's, it's so nebulous. And it's 
it's one for right too, which is like Gil's got the great thing of like, man, like look at what it's mm-hmm. made. Like I think Elroy's gonna be the same thing as me, and Sophia's like. I think you look all right. I think you look, think <laughs> you look, look fine. You look fine. <laughs> fine. Like, who is going to be a giant, like, crazy slug instead of, like, a back to tank thing? And it's like, it's just like, I don't know, like, the plan is so weird and ridiculous, right? And, like, the parts of the story that, like, didn't necessarily clip were, yeah. like, almost literally, like, any time Sophia came up and, like, started talking about, like, that aspect of her story, then I was like, man, this just is dumb. It's just like, this isn't it. I just think, like, I can just picture Sophia, like, on, like, in front of a dry erase board, being like, step one, Adam memory, or joint consciousness through Adam, plus Eleanor, plus question mark equals, like, world domination or profit <laughs> yeah, like, or something. Yeah. And it's she, like, like, we don't know what she- the end up you know <laughs> she doesn't know that important in between stuff like okay what have what do i do after eleanor has the memories i don't know but then and it's like perfect society fine. yeah it'll be fine we'll figure it out yeah. and it's a bummer too because i think i actually talk about this yeah. a lot like, i think but it's like there are parts of Sophia's story that are like really cool like they have like a ton of potential like anything she's doing like her kind of like almost like as a religious leader it's like a cool like tease of basically what Bioshock Infinite is going to be, and it's like, and then she's doing like the therapy stuff, and like kind of like has people like switch sides, and like is this person like fills his power vacuum after Ryan and Atlas each fall, and after Rapture like basically falls mm-hmm. after the end of Bioshock One. That's really cool to like flesh out what happened next, and like having kind of Gil Alexander step in there after like Su Chong dies from Bioshock One, and like all these people. Like, it's really neat. But the game, like, is so adamant that, like, that is not the part to care about about this character. Mm-hmm. The part to care about is the fact that she's, like, a fucking Marvel Comics supervillain. She's, like, a <laughs> mad like, a scientist. Mind. Yeah. And yeah. it's, like, that's part, mm-hmm. that's the worst about her. That's what that, like, yeah. fucking blows she- about her, right? And it's, like, that's not what's interesting. Like, what's interesting is when she's mm-hmm. talking about, like, a cool, like, audio log, I think, or, like, maybe it's a radio message, like, in the, like, ending part of the game, she's talking about how, like, the up like the upper world like can't handle like rapture right? like they're they're like monsters right? like, they're, mm-hmm. like they've been they're afraid of us or something yeah, yeah. Well, like they've yeah. been changed by the experience here. like a lot of the same people right? like they're like they've become monsters after like two decades down here right and it's like that's really cool to hear kind of like her i think frustration and like loneliness mm-hmm. and that and kind of like how like that what that's done to her even right like it's kind of driven her mad but also like she's kind of just accepted that as fate, right? And like, it's a really cool idea. And then the game's like, but also fucking hive mind, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, like I don't like just like and like instead They're, of her like her and like her and Delta and Ella are making like a de facto family. That was even cool stuff they brought in like at the end of the game. But like even that they couldn't do right. Like even that yeah, they like yeah. didn't yeah. nail the landing. There, yeah. mm-hmm. I have to say, Sophia Lamb is probably one of the weakest antagonists. I've kind of experienced in that that I even remember from like the PlayStation Three genre, like generation and stuff. It's yeah. like I still don't know why. That's my pitch. Yeah, that's what I'm she saying. She right? was so like she hated Delta. Like I get Delta was trying to rescue and get to Eleanor, mm-hmm. but I feel like even the initial like shooting Del- having Delta shoot himself in the head. I don't get her mindset of. 
it's it like there's something personal, right? And it yeah, doesn't. There's nothing no, no personal, personal there. Yeah. yeah. But it's like she seems to have this personal grudge against you when, like, to me, it would have made more sense if she could control the mind of Delta or whatever. Couldn't she have just controlled his mind to be on his her side or like take Eleanor and then just have Delta like be the two of them's personal bodyguard or something? Like I don't get why we sh- she made us shoot ourselves in the head in the beginning of the game and why she was so adamant about killing us throughout the entire game. Yeah, it's it's and, super weird. And like I found the whole stuff with gill and like how he kind of was stealing people to test plasmids on mm-hmm. and how he kind mm-hmm. of developed the whole big daddy thing like i was like okay this is this is pretty cool like i love that kind of stuff and i really wish they had explored and done more with that aspect and kind of the history of like what really big daddies are and like get kind of into that but mm-hmm. it just lamb was just i I don't get her. I don't yeah. get she was a bad, like overarching final antagonist. Yeah. And it's, I think they they promised her to be so much better yeah. than better than Yes, she is. yes. That's that's the weird thing yeah. to me is like getting beating the game again being like, Oh, you don't really have a confrontation with Lamb, right? Like you don't really have like a final competition with mm-hmm. her as a character. Like you just like see Eleanor either mm-hmm. save her or kill her, but like you don't have any, you don't even like literally see her other than like the scene when she straight like smuggles Eleanor, but otherwise like she never see that character ever again. Yeah, right? it's like, like it's a weird final like just like end for that character. Like that what story. they did, like if they I'm gonna rewrite the end of Bioshock two right here. And Do hear it. me out, you guys. Uh this is my pitch. Uh if they made it so like the moment when you beat the big sisters and go into Eleanor's room mm-hmm. And and she's smothering her. Uh, if they gave you the choice to kill Lamb in that moment, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it would have immediately been more impactful. And like maybe if you don't kill her, she kind of disappears off uh, before the end of the story. But if you kill her, uh, and then you still like you know Eleanor's dying, so you fall and die, and then you wake up. And it's like so the connection got broken. The splicers dragged you away, right? And then, like, Eleanor, Lamb is no longer a part of that story, but you get this big moment where you get back at her. Um, and then, like, the rest of the game plays out the way it does because essentially Lamb could be there or not be there. Just set off the TNT. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it would have at least given you some kind of emotional payoff or closure mm-hmm. for that moment. And, like, then you get that moment where you, like, have Eleanor in your hands, which never happens in this game um and like you just killed lamb and you're you can't save her right mm-hmm. like, I, th- I think that there could have been like a little bit more power they could have they could have taken out that moment but um For my sure. like uh a thing i wanted to bring up just kind of still talking about like what logan and mike have been talking about um was on top of like all the positive things that we're saying about uh gill's area alexander's area um, that's like the first part of the game that subverts your expectation. Like, yes, that's, that's su- why I love it. Yeah, that's successfully it, like you go into it's like Fontaine Futuristics. I played Bioshock One. I know what the fuck this place is all going to be about. Mm-hmm. And you show up and some dude you, you don't know but you might have heard of who helped make the Big Daddies. 
Um, and like he is like this very weird, quirkier villain mm-hmm. um, that is totally different, and it has nothing to do with Fontaine. And I don't think he really comes up at all throughout that whole section. And and it's finally like it's the only part of this game, and it's probably why it's my favorite, where it feels like time has passed and like the rain has has changed hands of Rapture, where everything else kind of feels like the way it was. This feels like someone else is coming here and, and kind of taking over. And it's weird and different now, uh, but it's it's still weird in the in the rapture kind of way that I liked from Bioshock One, and it has all the best parts about that. But it is, and it has that familiarity of like, oh, I know Frank Fontaine, I, I should know what this area is going to be like, and and it's totally not what you expect. Um, and I like that's cool. More than that, like we kind of touched on before, like the fact that like the final like choice itself of like what to do with Gil is is like. A trick basically right like the thing that it like has been explicitly telling you to do over and over and over and over and over again for like the entire area that Gil himself was like asking begging you to do that it's like the merciful decision if you don't kill him like he will cause untold damage in the world is actually the wrong thing to do and that's i thought like it's such a clever awesome thing even more so because you don't realize it's the wrong decision until later on in the game like in the moment like when you kill him it's like all right cool like He's dead, but like I don't know that that was the wrong decision. I think it's like what he want me to do. Cool, let's go. And then like when like I when I played for the first time, like I didn't know I made the bad call until I got to the end of the game, where you like mm-hmm. walk through like all the statues, and it's like you like just like, it's like Elder's like oh this is where you like made one mistake kind of thing, and it's like it's a really cool moment I think of being like oh cool like this entire time I was thinking like I'd like gotten away scot free, made all the good decisions, made all the cool like calls, and it's like actually goofed one of them without even realizing it. And, yeah, and like, I, I think you can I love argue, that. I think you can still argue that it's the right call, though. And I, I think True. how it's mm-hmm. how it's interpreted by the little sisters is kind of a telling of, of to their perception of reality. Um, so I'm, no, I'm, sure. I'm, like, I've never seen that sequence, and we'll talk about it when we get to my thing. But I've never seen that sequence if you like murder all the little sisters. I don't know if it's different. I mean, it's definitely different. Again, like they're like. There are whole like there are, there are multiple different like Indian cutscenes, um, and like I know I know for sure one of them. I think it's like the most evil one is like if you're just like a fucking monster basically all the way through the game and like and because like no matter Eleanor like learns from you, she learns from your actions and your decisions, right? And so like at the end of the game, like as you like because you die no matter what, but like as you lie dying, like she's like I'm gonna fucking burn the world. She's like. <laughs> evil she's like i'm gonna take over the world and like burn it all down like be like just like horrible monster person right and it's like i big mood right there yeah and it's like again like well i'm sure we will get to it because there's definitely things to be said Mm -hmm. about the like actual actual like end of this game but like i i think that like and this game is a weird one too where it's like it the choice presented to you feels even weirder I think, or, like, less of a binary choice of, like, do you save the big sisters or, like, or save the little sisters or kill them in this game? Whereas, like, in the first game, you had no relationship to them, right? Like, Alicia was like, I don't anything about them. Atlas is telling me to kill them, so I'll get more. I could not do that because they're ultimately, like, little kids, and I'll do that because, it's like, the, like, good thing to do, but, like, the other option, like, isn't, like, crazy, but, like, this one is, like, you're a big daddy. You literally exist to do one thing, and it is protect little sisters. Like, if you chose, like, kill them, Seem, just seems like a you're just trying to be the bad guy in this game kind of choice and so it's like it is funny to still stick with like the like what do you do thing where like in that regard where it's like 
I don't know, that doesn't really make any sense, like, the character of, like, who this... Because, again, like, unlike in Bioshock, what's cool about this, too, is that, like, there is there are a few tapes in, like, the Funding Future 6 area where, like, Lamb talks about Jack from Bioshock 1, talks about that character. Yeah, yeah, um, they're very good, too. There's they some, don't like, spoil Bioshock character. 1, also. Shout out to them. Yeah, they even, like, the way that like, they do, like, the, like, acronym thing is, like, so smart. Um, but, like... It's it's really cool and clever and like it like it informs stuff for like Delta as well, but like Delta is like an actual person. Like I mean like I guess less so now, but like he's an actual he person. Was like, a Jack, dude at some point. Yeah, like Jack was kind of like Johnny Topside, right? That's what they were. Yeah, calling? Johnny Topside, yeah. And Shit. whereas Jack was kind of like a, a like clone thing almost, or like a hybrid clone basic person, um, who like the, of course he did. Jerry had like an amazing description of Bioshock One and Two, um, where it's like Bioshock One, you're like a person whose like sole purpose is like to kill and like destroy things and like be a monster who like over the course of that game can choose to not be that, right? Like it's all again about like a lot of about choice and freedom and like deciding like what you want to be, but like you are somebody who is programmed to do one thing and it is to kill, right? And like the game is you literally like fulfilling that kind of like thing embedded in your dna to just kill 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 yeah whereas in bioshock 2 you're you're like a regular good dude um who's getting like strapped into like this like monstrosity of a body but like you're still a good person and you have to like you're being forced by kind of the world around you to like wipe everything out and kill everything um even as you necessarily don't want and you get like a few moments to, like not do that to kind of show your colors but like otherwise you were just you still have to kill everything um and like like usual, Jared had like I like those descriptions for Bioshock One, but it's like I don't know. I think everything about Bioshock Two is kind of weird, um, and I kind of dig that for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of Gil Alexander's era and Finding Future Six, which is where this all started, um, and Inner Persephone and Persephone Genome. I think this, it just feels like what they wanted the whole game to be in these sections. Yeah, I think it, like, certainly is the most different, right? Yeah. But I am, like, ultimately, I think, I do I do feel where you're coming from, Mike, and, uh, like... I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's very different. There's no argument of that. It is, like, and I, I think, like, just when they were kind of figuring it out, I think, like, we're in the middle there, and it sounds like we all are kind of on the same page of uh, Fontaine Futuristic is, is, like, the strongest area, because it's, like, right when they really figure out the loop of that game... But they also start melding it with like new ideas, and it, and it feels fresh, very late in the game in a way that's like pretty surprising, I would yeah. say. Um, and it's cool because I, I feel like third acts of games just very They're rarely hard. have that, yeah, They're like hard. something that's brand new, um, but 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 familiar at the same time. So, um, I get you. I, yeah, I, I think it's sides. rad to for people who are like big fans of Bioshock One in particular, where it's like finding futuristics is such a cool tip of the hat to um, Bioshock 1, right? Because, like, in Bioshock 1, like, I don't... Go to hell. It's a 12-year-old game. So, like, <laughs> like play, play the game, Scott. Like, Scott hasn't I, played I, it. Just I, a reminder. Think, yeah, I absolutely think you should play this Bioshock 1. Like, I still think that you should play this game. But, like, it's just cool. Like, there's so much there. Like, I'm going to, like, I'll word it in this way. But it's, like, there's so much here in that world that are like very small like little touches but like go really far and like get into like because in Bioshock 1 you're never like in you're never set foot in Fontaine you're never set foot in like Fontaine's area 
he's been like quote unquote like dead for a while by the time you get there kind of thing and, like his he's kind of gone and like to get into like his area and like to walk into his office which is a thing that like isn't like is not you don't have to do you don't have to ever sit foot in his office like you can you can just go there if you want to is like really cool and really rad and like get in the like audio diary there is one of my favorite in the entire game where like the change happens like i don't know if, i don't even know if you went to his office scott um but there's like a yeah. cool if you pick up that audio like it's like a really cool audio like of like where mm-hmm. like the change like who he is happens and, like he like switches that thing and it's just super rad and also if you like find like the hidden thing where like you unlock the wall and like where the audio lo- diary with is the uh teleporting tonic no that's not his office oh so his office yeah. is like with like his, the, his office has, has like, like the, the weird. Office. It's got it's like, like a, a giant bear thing. Oh, the yeah. bear head yeah. you rotate. Yeah. Yes. Um, and there's yeah, audio log there, and then it's also got three different safes on that one spot. It's like fuck, this is lame. And I guess kept being like, holy shit. Um, and it's like super. It's just a really cool moment, I think, for people who played Bioshock One in some of the vein of like the, like, Sandra Cohen collection that was yeah. in, like, Dionysus Park. There's just, like, these cool moments where it's, like, this is just rad if you played the first game. And, like, what I loved about all of them that are kind of, like, sprinkled throughout this game, that there are a few in Persephone as well, is that, like, they're not, they're not, like, beating you over the head with them, right? Like, you can super easily miss the Sandra Cohen stuff. Like, that's just, like, that's super easy to miss. If you're not even, like, paying attention at all, like, you will blow past that. Um, and then, like, Again, you don't have to go to like Franklin's office. You can very easily miss that if you just like fall in the arrows and like not going in this area, the like thing on the top floor. Like you can walk right past that office, and it's like it's just like really cool how they like kind of had these moments where it felt very lived in. There's like an expression Alex had earlier where it's like this is just part of the world, right? And it's like it's not like a giant like show stopping special like put on the spotlight here moment it's like this is a part of the world that has existed and it's kind of fallen away um and like noti- noticeably to me right like um gill's office is like as far away as possible from like frank's office like it's literally like in the fucking basement buried below another thing um and whereas frank's on like the top floor of the thing it's like the power vacuum has shifted very much here and like it's just kind of like decrepit and fallen apart and like been like ransacked um and another cool moment was in like right when you get into like the preacher area um right before Dionysus park for like last week's episode mm-hmm. um that i forgot to talk about last week um is when you like right when you walk in there's like a painting on the wall uh, right before you see like the big daddy like fuck up those people and it's a painting of the plane crash that yeah, starts Bioshock that. one it's very good um and it, again it's a moment where like you can totally miss that like you if you're not looking at that wall if you don't think about it and just be like oh there's a pain and cool and just keep walking you'll miss that but like i just happen to be since the beginning of the game like that area like i just kind of like very kind of careful around it and like looked up and saw that and it's like a super cool nice touch and like the audio logs you'll pick up in fan on like fontaine futuristics about like jack and like the events of bioshock one are all super cool and super rad and like i think one of my favorite things about bioshock 2 is that by its very existence and like by the like telling of some of the stories it tells it like helps flesh out and like make bioshock one even cooler and it's like yeah. i feel like it's one of those things people say but like i don't know like like rogue one almost for like a new hope where like it just makes a new hope even better and like bioshock 2 almost makes bioshock one better in some aspects and it's like i think that's really cool and really rad and it like it makes bioshock 2 better because like it makes this a world that is lived in and like 
key areas and key segments, right? And it's like those moments of like the pain and those moments of like when you walk into, I can't remember where it is. Like when you walk into one of the areas, it's either the church area or Dionysus Park. Um, it has like the symbol of like, it's got like Jack's like tattooed like yes. wrist and then like him ejects himself. One. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's another thing of like, if you didn't, if you didn't play Bioshock one, you would have no idea what that was. And, uh, and also like the implication that like the events of Bioshock one yes. very much caused where Rapture yes. is. Right. Like that's uh, what's so cool about they, it. They, like, they do hmm. make it important, like retroactively. Yeah. Uh, even though like, obviously it's the story of that game and it's, it's the journey that you're on. It is important, but like, they they add to it right they they treat it with a reverence that is yeah and that's, that's the thing too is that, like there is like this like reverence to it right and, like within like the people of the game right like it was like a big deal what happened in that game right where it's like it's cool because it's very easy to have had this game be like cool it's bioshock 2 it's set like seven eight years after the events of bioshock 1 and you're a totally different character with a totally different villain and a totally different section to rapture and that's it i'm like yeah there will be like kind of like wink wink nudge nudge things about Bioshock one but like that's about it and it's like here it's like there are still those like wink wink nudge nudge moments but it's like Bioshock one impacted what is happening in Bioshock two in like really cool rad ways where like that are like it's just part of this world where like these like paintings like Jack and like who he was impacted um like Rapture and like they've taken note of that they've kind of like ha- they've pa- they've done paintings of like the- his story like they've done like his like markings like on walls stuff like that. it's like it's cool to see like the impact he left behind right because like the Bioshock one I, spoiler like it's, it's got like le- ends with him like leaving rapture in some way or another mm-hmm. um and also like like the canonical ending of Bioshock one apparently is like jack is a good guy which makes sense but it's like it's super cool and like i it's just rad to see them incorporate that kind of stuff and how like it strengthens i think both games what what I, I want to ask, and I, I'm curious because I think Scott, you'd have the the kind of freshest of all of us, mm-hmm. perspective wise. Like the people talk about the 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 big moment. Like obviously, everyone knows the everyone who's played it knows the moment of of Bioshock One, right? Like this kind of reveal, this twist, right? Um, and Bioshock Infinite, I think, has it very much has yeah. it, <laughs> its like moment, and it, you could say that Infinite's moment suffers from its like need to yes. like surpass or overcome what i said yeah. um and it's it's trying hard uh it's I, I, very hard <laughs> very hard i appreciate like the big moment of bioshock 2 is like seeing rapture from the little sister's eyes right yes mm-hmm. and and it's the, like it's the thing the giant bomb best moment like at the end of the year conversations of like this is what bioshock 2 brings to the table like mm-hmm. this is the kind of flipping things on its head that that the game needed to do, and I th- absolutely needed to do more of. I don't think it needed to do more of this specifically. I think they did just the right amount of this. Yes. Um, but like, how did like for you, Scott? Like having been in Rapture for the first time, really uh, seeing that perspective. How did like was there like any kind of visceral reaction, or was it just like, oh, this is neat? Um, it, yeah, I guess it was more of a this is neat. I kind of wish they. I'm on the fence where I would have kind of liked more of kind of that. Uh, I think it offered a really interesting perspective and kind of a change to the gameplay, mm-hmm. which I would have taken more of those segments over the plethora of collectathons or plop this little sister down and protect her for two. Well, minutes. I yeah. I only did the one mandatory protect sister, a uh, little sister. 
Um, I did a lot of them. So I I, I did because them, yeah. I hated that first one. I was like, I'm not doing this. And to be fair, they don't make you do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, so. I would just kill a big daddy, and then I would zap the the little. Sisters. How much atom did you have? But like, how much atom did you click throughout the game? You must not have had like very much. No, I had a bunch. Um, were you harvesting or were you? Um... I didn't adopt. I harvested. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's that's why she fucking drowned Sophia Lamb because you killed yeah. the fucking. Yeah, I. But I was like, I little sisters. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, Holy just, shit! Just yeah, get, you got you got you must have gotten like you you got a bad ending then for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what happened at what? So now I'm curious. Just a totally really like question here. What was your ending then? Um, she killed Lamb and then yeah. she, she kind of just went crazy. Um, yeah, like, see, I kind of, um, she suck you up with a little needle yeah. thing. Does she get yeah. that? Adam yeah, that, that happens no matter what, but it's like, okay. then like yeah. what she does um, off that. That's crazy. Yeah. Just like her line, her line yeah. that she says more yeah. or less. Is, is she like, different. I'm going to fuck up the world now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's um, kind of that. Did you get a bad end into you, Mike? No, I, I decided okay. I, I remember when I beat this game originally I looked up the endings. Oh, okay. I got the good ending, but I just remember looking this up and being like, Oh yeah, it's it's like every other video game. That's crazy. Yeah, that's funny that you sat here silent while I just said to Alex, like, it's so antithetical to what like that character is to like even have the harvest option and you had her being like, Yeah, I fucking harvested all of them. Yeah, I, I just I didn't do it for me it was more a mechanical decision. A mechanical like, decision because I yeah. just I had no desire. And now, to be fair, like in terms could... of my gameplay, I didn't do the the traps or approach a lot of those situations. Like let's set up traps and do this, like Mike, and that sounds fun. I pretty much stuck with electro hand and then shock and then shooting people in the face. And if I died, I would just go back and shoot them in the face because that's another thing. There was like. I wish there was a detriment to respawning that made it worth it to not just run die, run die, and just like whittle dudes and die. Like some of the little sister fights, I I think I fought three or four little sisters, like outside of the the main conflict at the end with the double. Um, and I probably died a few times. It's just like, I just run, die, run, die. And every yeah. little bit I would kill him. Like, because there, there was no reason not to. It's like, okay, you I could. So buck wild to me. Like, I'm yeah. finding, like, this is crazy to me how you put this game. Well, it's like, I could use my resources and try and take him down, or I could just do what I can to kill him, respawn with full health and some uh eve and then that's how, that's go at him again I Bioshock one to and be sure. go at him again yeah um, i mean that's that's that, that's like the what scott has told me saying is like basically what i did for those last scenes of the game because i couldn't do because i couldn't make the like mm-hmm. use all the tools that the game had gave me given me up to this point to like do like the fun stuff i feel like in that last part there was like less opportunities to do that so like in the end game i was kind of playing the exact same way scott was where it's just yeah i I'd, I'd just zap dudes or like do like a bee swarm because yeah. it's basically like the same effect and then yeah, just like kind of dump yeah. it and the, just dump into them and then be like all right the gameplay of bioshock and like gunplay and maybe it's just because i'm playing it for the first time now and there's been so much kind of refinement in of first person shooters since 
the sh- the gun combat i was just like eh. yeah it's like it, it's dude like enemies it's not like a run and gun so much like a call of duty where like a shot in the head oh, will kill yeah. a dude mm-hmm. but right. it's not on the other side where it's not full rpg yet full either. rpg where people are like bullet sponges because it's a jrpg and they have stats it's like this weird in between somewhere in the middle yeah and it, it just felt the gunplay was competent but it just kind of felt off to me so, so i was enjoying like like the gray stuff about the brothers uh that turned the preacher that built mm-hmm. rapture alexander gill everyone basically besides lamb i was enjoying this like the story and kind of seeing that aspect so it didn't bother like i would just play through the fighting parts just to get to more exploration and stuff the exploration and the story and Mm -hmm. i think that's why things like having to do the long way around so i can get a key to unlock a door so i can get a camera or like this time with find the take out the signal thing so you can get into the single room it's like those seem just so dull to me like i love the areas and i'm 100 percent beside uh behind that the environment's really cool and kind of the lore hidden um that stuff is all cool i didn't like in a lot of these how they decide to make you go and explore those areas. I think there could have been much better ways to have you explore Fontaine Futuristics or whatever, um, or the areas to get to the Plasmid um, Development Lab, stuff like that, then just find these four items so you can go here. And I'm trying... I don't know if I would have... I was trying to put myself in my shoes of how I was back when this first came out and not where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, would that have bothered me as much back then as it is now? And and I couldn't come to a decision, but it, it's it, that part felt very dated. It felt like a very last gen kind of thing where we're gonna have you run around and explore and collect these things so you can double back around and unlock this door so you can do it again mm. and it's just i i love the exploration i love the lore i love the environments but the reasoning they gave you and to do those things was just eh. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's weird, I guess, for me, because I think Alex said earlier was just like, this is just how video games, like, work. like even nowadays, like, this is how video games operate. This is how video games work. They, just, they sing you on, like, go get these things. Like, they might, like, mm-hmm. give them fancier names, but, like, Ultimate Tool just, like, get this thing to then go, to, like, come back. Like, especially, like, these kind of video games. Like, they, mm-hmm. this, is how they this is how video games work. So, like, yeah. even, like, even playing it again, it wasn't like, Man, this is how video games played in like 2009. It's like this is how video games played in 2019. Still, this is still how Horizon Zero Dawn operates. It's still how like these kind of games work. It's like go over here and get these things and come back and do this thing. It's so it's like your argument is not like invalid. It's like 
this is what games are like it's like for like, like they're we, exceptions but like i still feel like like we've we're so far now that we've gotten like the taste of the other side of that mm-hmm. um like i don't know man it, it everything about bioshock 2 reminds me of dead space 2 and i don't know mike scott if you guys feel the same way um but like they're they're like a year apart they are so weirdly similar in how they approach being a sequel i think dead space 2 does a much better job environmentally like of like creating original things but like also dead space 2 has you go back to the ishimura it's like super weird mm-hmm. like and the thing is looking at these two so close to each other which is it's it's one of the reasons why i love book club so much I, I like i really am i'm starting to like look back at that era of games with mm-hmm. like a much broader much more knowing feeling of like man like there are so many games that came out in very quick succession. So many twos mm-hmm. that came out in very quick succession. that are all doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's wild to me, but like, like I don't think all video yeah. game objectives are as thinly veiled as Bioshock twos go to the robot box and break the thing on it. Like, I know. Can, can I just ask why couldn't we just shoot the damn thing? Yeah. Why'd you have to touch it? <laughs> no, like the little, um, Gilbert or, Gil's little flying drone that His would just robot? that Why would just sing. Why did I have to search around? See little things like that. It's like why did I have to walk but around see, this whole place? No, but like to I break know. these things. I don't know, man. That's when like, that's I have killed. Me. But but like I've killed it, like fifty of these flying drones. It's like because like that, that to me is one where it's like a they answered because like he's giving you narrative throughout the entire time he's around like he's like he's giving you stuff and also but i think like, yeah. if you kill the drone another one would come like yeah right control like, of all the robots that's the thing too that's another that's like b and like c is like this is like i like i don't because you started talking about this stuff i think in the very first episode, like you mentioned like a few like not being able to like smash mm-hmm. through like the thing with like the drill power thing and it's like this is just like I don't know, like, I guess maybe I just played more of these games 10 years ago or whatever, but it's like, this is just video games to me. Like, this is just how they operate. Like, I never thought to, like, well, if I shoot this one, another one won't just come back up or, like, something else won't happen or, like, I can't, like, I understand that I can't, like, like, the the, the power dash ability they give you, I thought about this, uh, like, literally today mm-hmm. when I was finishing the end of the game. Today was just like, man, like, they did literally give you that for one thing. For one yeah. thing. And then never go back to it. But, like, to be fair... If you use it on enemies, it'll fucking murder them. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, they showed it for that mm-hmm. one door, and that's it. And, like, I was like, yeah, that's weird and, like, dumb. But, like, also, this is a video game from 2009. But, yeah. like, but also, like, kind of, it's a video game yeah. can't be an excuse. And also, no, if, but if, if, the think, game, if the game fails to keep <laughs> your perception of it yeah. being a video game, if it, like, can't hold the if it can't keep the blinders on and everything starts to peel back and you start to see all of the ways yeah. in which it is so obviously a video game which i think bioshock 2 specifically fails at because i see i disagree like i because you never do anything different in that game until the little sister part like yeah you were literally going from here to here press a button catch big kill a big daddy get a little sister collect harvest and repeat the entire time there is nothing different you go underwater sometimes you fight big sisters sometimes that's it like the actual point to point Mm -hmm. gameplay is the same until you go to the little sister part which is what makes it such a huge splash in the well and it feels so out of left field and it it is such a Mm -hmm. a twist 
Uh, and I think like the the biggest thing is like Bioshock One totally victim of the same problem, and Bioshock Two is just more of that problem up until that point. And so like for me, because I totally understand where you're coming from, Scott, like the blinders yeah. are just gone by the end of it. I've like I've been doing and, this yeah. over and over and over yeah. again. I cannot yeah. just turn my head away from this bullshit. Like it is just the same. Yeah. Take out my shotgun, shoot four shots, go here, another enemy. And like I they're they, yeah. they do a better job mm-hmm. at it than I think a lot of twos like in of the era, and I like Bioshock two, but like I think looking back at it as like a whole mm-hmm. and on a much bigger scale like it, the game fails to to mix it up enough and when they finally hit their stride and they do start mixing it up it's like man we could use mm-hmm. 10 more hours of this like all the way at the beginning yeah. and it's and I, i'm not i i don't mean to say that like i in general don't necessarily mind like having to run and collect things and bring them back yeah. or finding it's just Literally in this part, you break the four things so you can enter a door. Fine. Then you go to another area so you can find four things to progress the story. It's like, and it's just, and in terms of the breaking of the glass and everything, that was still, early on, it's like, I feel like I should, I'm this big hulking brute, I'm powerful, I'm, I should be strong, like I have this massive drill arm, yet the thing I want, it, that was just a huge disconnect for me, because so much of the game was telling me, it's like, oh, you're this big, imposing, giant, big daddy, and you just, like, wreck dudes, and you have this drill arm, but it's like, a pane of glass, it's like, and there's Mm -hmm. no reason why you couldn't just, like, put your hand through and grab it and yeah. it, that was my one my bigger issue with that segment it's like the dichotomy of being told i'm strong but a broken piece of glass i can't just Which, reach through to be fair Which, still fair it is video yeah, game yeah. things but it yeah. is it is still fair and it, it's Man. like it it shows yeah, how much tough, games have grown. That, yeah and that stuff yeah. just like that stuff adds up yeah i, and, I, I cannot disagree man wow like like to, like i don't know like i feel like these arguments are like, I there is n- this is video games in twenty nineteen. Like I don't know. Like this, like playing Bioshock two, I was like, all right, cool. Like yeah, like like the only thing playing this game for me that I was like, man, that has like that's something that hasn't aged well in like ten years. Where like is just kind of like annoying. Is like the fucking arrow. That was like, the only thing I'm like, man, yeah. this arrow can go. That's, this is the bait of your existence. I like yeah, the arrow because I get lost so easily. Mm, yeah, yeah, like like I like I like I would love it if I could like be like a button i hit to like have a pop-up for like a second let's show the way but like the fact that it's like always there and if you go off the beaten path once it's just like freaking out it's like i'm will i will i'm swear to god i'll be back like just like and it's mm-hmm. just like so fucking huge and just like dead centered at the top of your screen it's like all right like just calm down but like oh and like the menus are kind of messy but like otherwise yeah. but like otherwise i'm like man like this feels like a game that like largely like if you make it look prettier, like I feel like this is a game that could have come out two years ago. Like I, I'm not like you being like, I'm I, like I don't see that. I'm like I'm totally like dumbfounded. This game that came out like it's like yeah, it's a 2009 video game, but like a lot of this like here like I, Logan, I I see what you're saying. Like came out last, so- last year, and like you're still gonna have like things that like I am a giant fucking samurai warrior, and like I can't go, I can't jump over this branch. It's falling on the block of my way, and it's like I'm a this thing, and I can't do this, and it's like 
this is how video games have to operate in order to like have you go where they want you to go, right? Or like, but like this is some, how they have to have you do Some video games things. today in this year totally do, and I'm with you. Um, like, I think a good example of this of a game that is a very similar, weirdly enough, to Bioshock Two is like Spider-Man from last year, our game of the year, right? Like, I think that is a very point A to point B type game as well. But not all video games are like I no, just fin- like, you know, I just finished Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, very good video game, but it, it very much gets in the way of like having to do the same thing over and over again. I know some people would very much disagree with that thought, but like the last two games I played were totally different than that. Uh, and it, it, it's a difference of like currently in 2019, not all video games are like this. In 2009, all video games were like this. So I, mean, I don't think all video games were like this in 2009. I think, I think more, more, yeah, more certainly were than, than today. But like, like I said, once you get a taste of the other side, I think it makes looking back on that era of video games very different. And like, that's this. This is the same feeling. A lot of the similar conversations to what we had when we went back to to Dead Space Two. And I think like affection for a game can help you live and breathe in it more. And especially like reflecting that time period. Like I think I'm just I'm I'm walking both sides here. Like I I think I I loved some of the the levels here at the end. Like mm-hmm. the Fontaine futuristics obviously is great. But I also like, you know, I if, if I take the step back and look at it, I feel the the blinders are gone, man. Like I just I can't mm-hmm. I can't jive with with every point A to point B thing that this game has you do yeah. over and over again. Like, like it's very repetitive in a way that's mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy to me yeah. in a, in a modern. I sense. think that's true. Like I think the game is certainly repetitive, and like I think the game like like I I think again like. Bioshock 2, like, I think I opened one of my points earlier, the thing is, like, it's a flawed game. Like, it is a game that literally could have used more time, but, like, it's got mistakes and it's got things that it is wrong, but, like, I think that, for me, at least, a lot of, like, the th- like a lot of those issues aren't... At the very least, like, the one, like, I don't share a lot of the same issues Scott does, certainly, or, like, certain... Or for the similar reasons, at the very least. Um, like, I think that, to me, like... Like you, like, you made the point of like you just do the same thing the entire game, or like go from point A to point B, and like do all that stuff, like Alex. And it's like that's true, but also like I think the argument of the game to who made it at least is like it's the different worlds, right? Like it's the different like environments, different characters you meet along the way, it's different weapons and tools you're given, right? Like this to me plays like a fairly like it plays like it, this kind of game, right? Like, like certainly, I'd, I'd, I can make a pretty compelling argument. This game is, like, more varied and diverse in what you're doing and what you kind of experience than a lot of other first-person shooters, which this game technically is, right? It's like... And this game, mm-hmm. I think, is in a weird spot, too, um, and if, that I feel like Alex and Mike can appreciate, where it's like, it is, like, a weird middle step between Bioshock 1 and Bioshock Infinite, yeah. right? Where it's like... Bioshock Infinite is a first-person shooter. Like, that game is a mm-hmm. shooter. Bioshock mm-hmm. 1 is a first-person shooter in, like, pretty loose terms. Like, very loose terms, I'd even argue. Like, yeah, there's not this, a Scott, lot. For point of yeah, like, there's yeah. not a lot of... Sh- like, it's very different. And so this is, like, a weird, like, half-step towards being infinite, but, like, also still kind of committed to being Bioshock yeah. 1. Right. And, like, mm-hmm. I think that doesn't do its service. Like, I think it, it, it handicaps it in a lot of ways. Um, so there's also that. Like, I think Bioshock 1 basically excels in like every way that this game doesn't um with like the exception of like hacking stuff Mm -hmm. is like so infinitely 
<laughs> cannot so overstate enough time. better. Like, it's so, like... And, like, it's that thing of, like... It's not even that, like, the hacking segments are, like, bad in and of themselves. It's just the fact that, like, you've played Bioshock 2 now. You know how much shit there is to hack in these games. And, like, the fact that you have to do it every time it's Bioshock so what you have to do... It's such it's, a long mini-game. It's wild. It's wild. It's not a pipe it's, dream mini-game? It's, it's, it's a pipe mini-game thing. It's absolutely oh, wild. It's a match pipe. Yeah, I completely yeah. forgot. Oh, it's, and it's, like, it takes so long to get this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's a fucking puzzle. You have to do, like... Yeah, it's, it's like... Alright, I guess I gotta spare a couple minutes. hack something. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh hold my on, god. Hold on, like, hold on, yeah. horrible spikes. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Give me like five minutes. Let me turn some pipes real quick. And like, uh, at the end of the game, those puzzles are nuts. They're, yeah, they're like wild. insane. And you, you you literally spend like five minutes doing this puzzle being like, I forgot where I'm at in the game right now. Like, it's just like, I don't even know what yeah. I did mm -hmm. beforehand. Uh, like, and that way, Bioshock 2 is definitely better. But like, and like, we've talked about it for the entire series. But like, Bioshock 2 is like, and I think it's like it's the most away here, but since it is like the end, it's also compared. I think the Bioshock ones and like what Bioshock one was and like its totality. And it's like Bioshock two was just like it never was able to escape the shadow of Bioshock one at any point, like fully except the shadow of any point. Like I said earlier, like I don't think in, even Gil, I don't think any of the henchmen are as good as the ones in Bioshock one. Um, I like I think Fontaine Futuristics stands on its own as a great environment and world that would like belong in Bioshock one. But, like, otherwise, I think they're all fairly interchangeable or done better in Bioshock 1. Or, to be fair, Grace's area is done better in Infinite, um, which is something you'll see later on in that game pretty prevalently. So it's, like, it's a game that is, like, kind of caught in between these two other games. Um, and like we kind of talked about in the very first episode, both of those games are such huge critical things one way or the other, where it's, like, this game always was kind of the game kind of, it didn't get Not, all the way there, you know? Yeah, like, it was never as big a critical thing even when it came out. And then it just kind of, like, I feel like it's a game, like we said, that, like, people either didn't play or they forgot it even existed or, like, didn't know it even existed, right? And so it's, like, to play it again, it's, like, I think I... Like, I appreciate what it is. Like, this weird, almost hybrid thing while recognizing the, like, kind of... I think... Flaws that come with that. Um, and, like, half good ideas that come with that right and it's like mm -hmm. there are a lot there's a lot of stuff that it's really really cool um but like absolutely to the, <laughs> the original point alex made from 40 minutes ago like the being a little sister is such a cool moment um and like in particular like if you have played bioshock one before like where you where because then it's like literally something that is years in the wait for you where it's like you've been waiting years for that moment to, like see what it is like to be a little mm -hmm. sister and to see what it looks like and like the fact that it is so different and then like it cuts back and forth every now and again of, like what the real world looks like and like the exact same spot is so cool like it's such a brilliant idea um that like is like one of those rare moments where it's like they did this better than bioshock one did something like that because like or like i don't even know if that would have worked in bioshock one right like because it was such a moment of like you needed almost to have like it be two games into where it's like you've been waiting for this for so long to have it's, that moment it's like it's so cool it's the one thing bioshock 2 has with no equivalency right like, yes it, there there's no and it's like few games do a twist like this where it like yeah. attempts to change your perspective by giving you a different perspective but in mm -hmm. like all the games since bioshock 2 that have done it i've liked it uh and yeah. it's like I, tales of zillia weirdly has a similar twist where you kind of see the world from a different perspective uh depending on who you, which character you choose at the beginning um, oh yeah 
it's and it's, it's cool. rad. And yeah. like again, like a lot of us have talked about the, a moment while your little sister of like seeing what you've mm-hmm. done as Delta and like seeing those kind of highlights like repurposed into like what it looks like as a little sister, like what they have, what what you are to them, right? Like Eleanor's got a great mm-hmm. line where it's like you've like the impact you've had on me, but also the impact you've had on all of the little sisters, right? Like you've influenced all of the people here, right? And like, it's kind of, and it's also her saying like, you've, inf- you've impacted Rapture, right? Like you, you've had your own kind of like Jack style, mm-hmm. like impact on the scene that people have changed around you, right? Like Grace is different, right? Like Stanley is different, right? Or he's probably dead either way, but like, probably, but like Gillette could have a, like a second lease on life now potentially. And so could Grace. And like, they have their own thing. Like you've had this impact and like, you see it very vividly in Little Sisters and also at the end of the game with, like, Eleanor's kind of final speech and, like, her whole, like, who she is as a person, right? Like, and so I think that's cool to see that kind of repurposed and kind of shown back at you, right? Like, it's something that, like, the original Bioshock gives you in, like, its actual, like, final scene, but, like, before they don't get a moment that kind of reflect on it, really. Um, and it's a rad to have it here and see it through, like, a Little Sister's eyes. Um, and, like, I, I love, like... A thing that this game does better than Bioshock Infinite is Eleanor being a really cool person who actually makes a difference while she's with you. Unlike, I think it's actually Eleanor again in Bioshock Infinite, um, who is just doesn't really contribute to anything you're doing in that game's combat sections in Infinite, and it's just kind of like there and like Emily? just like a, Emily? Emily. Is it Emily? Yeah, Emily. Is it? Um, whatever her name is, uh, like who just like vacant dead stare eyes and just like just like flipping a coin at you right and it's like she's just kind of there right where it's like eleanor and it and two is like way more of a character in these comment sections than she's like she's fucking like spearing dudes and like taking out like huge enemies and it's like she actually feels like that like and you can throw her at people yeah like she's yeah like she's super cool like she does a lot of stuff where it's like an infinite's like not there at all and she's with you for way long she never gets upgraded and it's like it's super cool to see her like Eleanor and all of her glory in that big sister suit, like just like kick ass. Um, yeah, and like that's awesome. And it, it's a moment that like doesn't happen in Infinite when you have a female protagonist with you for the entirety of the game. You never really get that moment. Um, and like it's cool to see it somewhat here at the end and like the impact you have on her there. And like I don't know, like two does stuff better than one and in Infinite at times, but it's also just like it's a it's stuck between like a rock and a hard place and like it's. It's just a game that I wish had just had like more time. Yeah, like not even two more years. Like I think literally if it just had like a year, it could have like because then I feel like it would have been less rushed. And like I think in a similar vein of like Dead Space Two or this game mm-hmm. or like a lot of games like really of any era where it's like the first thing was more popular than they thought it was gonna be. It was more of a hit than they thought it was gonna be, and they were like, mm-hmm. okay, we didn't plan on like having to make a sequel immediately for this if ever now we do what do we do right and then it's, and then it's that thing of like and also that sequel has to come out now and oh, it's like look at you mirror's edge yeah and like right and it's like i think <laughs> i still have unraveled my, right i, I think it's hard right it's like, I mean, like, the latest mirror's edge me, that i've never opened me and me and alex have talked a lot about it and like they gave them a lot more time but it's like the fact that like naughty dog did not intend to make a last year's part two and i will never believe anything to say to otherwise they did not plan some to make people a think it's two. intended to be a trilogy logan i just want there's to no way to be true. They're out of their, <laughs> i agree but they're just so agree. stupid <laughs> it's mike mike told me no yeah. it's like, like, no, I, like no, I agree with logan there's no way that okay there's no way to yeah, trilogy. I'm so it's like 
But like they clearly did not mean to make a last chance part two. They meant to make that a one-off thing, but it was so big they didn't need to make a second one. And it's like I think that game is going to be way better than Dead Space or Bioshock Two. But it's like they also had way more years to make that story into something they wanted to be right. And it's like mm-hmm. this just seems a lot more money too. Yeah, yeah, right. a lot more money, unlimited and the, the money, and also the same team. But it's like it's that yeah. thing of just like this is a weird game for a lot of reasons. Like and it's like. I don't know, like, I appreciate the fact that it's, like, out here doing stuff that, like, you can see in the next game. Um, like, very clearly, like, when Bioshock Infinite came out, they took stuff from this game. Like, it's, like, you can see it in this game what they the, took from the this. the dual handing in mm-hmm. itself, you know? Um, and it's, like, really rad and really cool. And, like, I, I don't know, like, I think I kind of am just, like, here for a game and a studio being put in, like, an impossible situation. Where, like, they would have had to have known from the minute this game was, like, given to them that it was never going to be Bioshock. That it was never going to be Bioshock 1. But they, and, like, they were going to get not as much time, not as much money, not as much, like, press, not as much, but not as much acclaim, not as many sales. Like, they knew that they were, it was just, everything was stacked against them. And I think they still, in the whole, made a really cool, weird, complicated, messy, flawed, like, unfinished, but, like, ultimately, like, great game. And, like, I think that's really rad either way. And like in the same way, I think like Dead Space 2 is a fucking rad video game, even though it's like a lot of the same things. And it's like a very similar game, like situation wise, like Ox has been talking about. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think that's cool. And I think it's rad. Like they actually made something that works um, for the most part, like unlike Mirror's Edge 2, which also to be fair, had more time. Um, and it's like, I don't know. Like I appreciate Bioshock 2 for what it is for the most part. And like, are there things that would change? Yes, but, like, I bet you there are things they would change if they had more time or more money, like Scott said. And it's, like, this is pretty good for what they were forced to deal with under the, like, the constant daily knowledge effect. Like, nobody's going to like it as much because they weren't Ken Levine and they weren't the actual team. And it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time in Rapture. It wasn't the first time doing this kind of thing. And, like, I think it's pretty rad still. I'm really curious how many book club games we're going to play from, especially from this era where we'll have the thought, man, this game could have used more time. And, like, to be fair... Maybe that game next month. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. well, it's for sure. I don't but... think any uh, amount of time would save next game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, perfect. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Like, obviously, that's a thing that applies still to this day, right? Like, Metal Gear yeah. Solid Five, Anthem... Yeah. Anthem, anthem again. Anthem again. One uh, more anthem. Destiny, right? I was like, gonna say Destiny. That's what I was gonna say. So yeah. many, so many games. Or Division, right? even yeah. Division um, one. Yeah, it's and 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 it's weird too because games have become such a you know continual thing that those specific examples had time to like recalibrate and basically make themselves after they were done. Um, and you know, games of last generation didn't. Um, but I just I wonder how many times it's going to come up because yeah. I feel like it's going to be a that's, lot. You know, that's why I'm curious to kind of bring it to next week, like next week's DLC, where like they had time just to the whole thing, see, you know, more mm-hmm. like they had him to like see the feedback too and like see what people thought in some way and be like, and because it's, it's from my understanding, it's like very different from the rest of the game. Like it is like something that is like it's a very different feel and like stuff. So I'm like, I'm just hoping it doesn't see, crash on me. That's no, but like to see like what their that's vision my was goal. like they had like a very clear vision and it was much tighter and like here is here it is right and like i think that like i 
my hope and my expectations that like, that's gonna be the, our favorite part of this entire book club is gonna be next week. Yeah. Um, because very least it's gonna be very different. Like it is not yeah. gonna be like this. Um, or like hopefully it's like the best parts of this. And so it's like, um, I don't know. Like that's what kind of has me excited for that. Um, and also because like weird, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's a weird video game, right? And so that's why I'm excited for like one. It's a, it's that thing too. Like after you're playing this game, it's like man, I'm really happy to play Bioshock two. Um, again, because it had been so long, just to kind of get that refresher, and it's like, I, like, I won't play Bioshock 2 again for a, w- a long time after this, like, I'll play Bioshock 1 multiple times probably before I play this game ever again, um, but, like, it's still neat, and it's still rad, like, I'm so happy that, like, it exists, and, like, it's weird, just weirdness, it's a weird video game, and, like, there's so many almost their ideas in it, right, like, almost, you, like, almost got it ideas like i find that really fascinating like it's a really like mm-hmm. it's a game where like i would love to just read about it like i would love to read about this game like the decisions and the direction and like the time crunches and like the difficulties and like why they did certain things like it seems like one of those kind of games but i don't know like i'm very excited for my neighbor's end just to see what like a fully contained like from start to finish this is our vision this is our rapture this is our story our protagonist, whoever yeah. it's going to be, our environment and world, whatever it's going to be, like, and, like, when it's going to be, like, that sounds super excited. Like, finally see that team get to tell the story, like, they want to tell from start to finish without having to, like, deal with Bioshock 1 baggage in the same way. I will say, sure. um, since we were very much reaching the end here. Yes. Uh, shout out to you, Scott, for picking up on our just totally natural, organic turning all the soapbox topics into one continuous conversation. There you go. It was good. Or did you update the doc? No, no. It's just like, I think like I tried to bring up my moment organically and then mm. Scott brought up his really organically and it was just, I felt it, man. I felt that podcasting magic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alex just breaks all the illusion of it. By yeah, I, I want to, listen, we got to pat ourselves on the back when we get one, you know? We're not going to get a lot. We got <laughs> At least I'm not going to get a lot. Yeah. Cool. But I think we are coming up on two hours, so I think we're we're yeah. uh, we're gonna call it for tonight. But in case you haven't picked up on the little nods and info and little hints we dropped throughout the this episode of what the next checkpoint will be, it is yes, Minerva's Den, the DLC for Bioshock Two. We are going to play the entire thing, which I hear is short, so that will be what next episode is all about. And until then, everybody, where can everyone on the interwebs find you good people? Mike, let's start with you. Uh, wait, do somebody else, because I changed my handle. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else. Okay, Mr. Logan. I know what it is, but what, yeah. What do you got? I know what it is, too, uh, ironically enough. Um, what do you got cooking, amazing. and uh, where can people find you? <laughs> yeah. Um... You can find me at Lefty Logie on all the stuff. Um, I this week I guested on It Is What It Is with Jack Cruz and Jonah Peck for Eight Bit. Um, it was a ton of fun. I woke up at six thirty in the morning, so you should all watch it for my dedication and sacrifice to the craft here Jesus. to hang out with to hang out with the Australians. Um, so go do that. It was a lot of fun. We got to talk about a lot of cool stuff and also very serious stuff that was sad, but. It was good all around, and I love those Aussie boys very much. Uh, the newest episode of Input, a video game news show, and an Irrational Passions podcast went live today as of recording this, and while we're live, 
um, on Friday. It was about the ESA and E3 and like what the future looks like and what the stormy present has been for them. Um, and I actually really love that conversation between me and George. And it's like a tight like 30-ish minutes. Um, I got that one more yeah, I'm excited for that one. It's a really, it's I, it's one of my favorite ones I've done in a while. Um, and it's a good like just me and George convo, um, just one on one, which is a lot of fun. We don't have a lot of those. Um, and again, I also gave a shout out on that episode to the two Leah Alexander pieces. Um, one about Bioshock and one about one is purely about Sandra Cohen from Bioshock One, and they're both brilliant. Some of the best writing I've seen in a long time, even though they're both six years old in one case and a decade or another case, but they're they remain brilliant and fantastic. Um, so I also recommend you should all read them as well. But otherwise, on on book club, on input, on IPP, sometimes um, soon, hopefully. Uh, in Alex O'Neill's DMs, yeah, oftentimes, all the time. I like I can't um, fucking get him out of there. Honestly, uh, <laughs> right. And then you know, in in a dream scenario, in one Alex O'Neill's just like bed, just snuck it up there. Che- um, Logan, cheating you're so, on me. You're, you're so powerful. Yeah, you can change a person's life just by saying hi. Hi, man. Oh, dude, no. He didn't say <laughs> no. for the better. No. Didn't no one else knows that. about we're that. Not, so. We're not doing that, actually. That's a bad yeah, bit. Yeah. But uh, other, anyways, Alex, where can they find you? Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to let Mike go first. I'll go last here. Okay. Well, uh, you can find me now on Twitter at MikeIP underscore. The other score is for Jesus. You gotta save her. Yeah, bless up. Save bless her for up. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bless down and low. Uh, yeah, everything else, uh, you know, mostly on YouTube.com slash Irrational Passions. You'll find... You did a thing this week. You did? I did the Observation video review. Which I want to check out. When's Observation uh, coming out? Is that already it, out? It was, it, was, it was out on the day that it reviewed Oh, out. that's right. Tuesday, cool. I think, yeah. Sounds super so cool. Out. Super it, rad, it yeah. is fantastic. It is probably let's let's just say it'll be a video game talked about later when we talk about video games that came out this year and a award fashion. Wow, that was a way to <laughs> that was a very smooth segue. Very we very there. Wink. Um, other than that, there's some indie highlights. I think by the time this goes up, and this will be up a week form, from today. So next, yeah, there'll probably also so be like maybe an indie highlights and maybe another video review for another video game. But um, yeah. from there, I'll, all I'll say is, guys, I had a lot of fun playing Bioshock Two and hearing oh, don't all do the this. different. Don't. <laughs> this makes this is going to make it really hard to edit the video. The changing <laughs> of the the borders. <coughs> so oh, fuck, fuck you, Mike. While you're still not here, fuck you so I don't think he's hard coming right back. now. I don't know if he's coming back either. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. <laughs> he just um, uh, this is this is good. I have to make a whole new layout now for for three. Ah, Alex, fuck you, Mike. Uh, Alex. Mike splits us from the beyond the grave. Um, I just realized we all did content hashtag content this week. I'm very proud of everybody here. Um, oh, man. uh, I um, it's me, Alfighter27, on all the social meds. Um, IPP this week was good. Uh, or last week was good. We talked about um, Bonfi- no, that was the week before. We talked about Rage Two, uh, which was weird. Rage Two is a weird game. Uh, I wrote a Sekiro review. It's finally out. It happened. It was released. I am if if I'm not mistaken, you had the internet's cutest boy George Cruz on last week's IPP. Yes, yes, he was. 
Uh, and uh, Quinn is going to be on this week's. And uh, now I'm going to I boiled it down so that way Jarrett and Logan can fight to the death to decide who will be on the next. Except one. for you know that that's not going to be a fight. It's going to be Jarrett being like, I'm not yeah. going to be on a four hour show. <laughs> it's like, actually, just, yeah. fuck that. Did <laughs> <laughs> I got a pass? Is that an option I get? Um, I wrote a review of Sekiro. I am the most proud of this review, more so than I have been. I mean, I, I feel like I say this every time, but I have been in a while. Uh, you know, I don't write or publish that many written things that often anymore. Uh, and I try to put like as much work and heart and soul into them as I can. And I think this one shows it encapsula- encapsulates my very complicated but positive feelings about Sekiro. Um, and then I got to talk to Scott about it, uh, and we had a conversation it a about it. One. It was a very good one. Uh, it's it's it, it is up to the quality of how much I like Sekiro is how much I love that conversation. Um, so the two bits of things you should definitely check out the review. Even if you don't like Sekiro or from software games, I think it's still worth a read. I, I think uh, we did a good job as to mm-hmm. what Sekiro might bring to the table that might um, make it better for you. So truth. Scott, run us out, and then we can end this so you can figure out the border stuff. Fuck you, Mike. Um, <laughs> yes, you can find me at, on Twitter at SolidSnake120. You can occasionally find me taking over our Twitch at twitch.tv slash irrationalpassions. Um, I should have a review coming up next week for Void Bastards, a video review for that. Um, hopefully also a review for Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. That will be up next week. Yes, then I'll have sure. some some Professor RPG stuff coming up here real soon, so that'll be exciting. Tons yes. of stuff happening, um, and probably some Neo Two stuff because Alex and yeah. I both got into closed Alpha, so yeah. we're going to talk more, about more ninjas and stuff. Yeah, we got to talk about Neo Two for sure. So, but yes, everybody, once again, our next checkpoint will be to complete Minerva's Den. So if you're playing along with us. Feel free to complete it and join in the conversation. And until next time, everybody, stay classy. Have a good night. Bye.